The biggest battle we will ever have to face is the battle between you and you. It's the battle of taking your mind to that limit and then breaking through. On the Mindful Experiment podcast, we will share concepts, universal laws, and interviewing individuals who have done just that, who have gone through the dark times and through those moments, allowed their light to shine bright. I'm your host, Dr. Vic Manzo, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and taking this journey with me as we discover different avenues to break through those limits, expand your reality, and evolve into the person you desire to be. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome and welcome. This is Dr. Vic, and you are listening to The Mindful Experiment as we connect every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Central Time to discuss a topic to empower your mind, empower your life, create inspiration, fulfillment, and so much more. This is where you can join me on my private private Facebook page at Empowered Living with Dr. Vic. Just go ahead and uh, submit to uh, uh, apply to be join to join the the group, and we will go ahead and get you connected. So this is when you can enjoy some conversations with me and so much more. In today's episode, I am diving deep into as we're doing a series on my book, a new book I just released called A Walk in the Dark. I highly highly recommend it. Um, not because I wrote it. Um, it's the feedback that I'm getting that's just been absolutely amazing. And I know it'll be absolutely amazing for you in your life. And so this chapter was one of my, it's, it's the shift. And it really, I challenged myself in chapter three. And if you didn't listen to that podcast, go back to last week's episode on Tuesday, um, October 15th, and it'll be there. But go ahead and check it out. But this week's um, really steps up. And I really believe I was really challenging myself on how I can precisely write this within 3,800 words. Um, and to really get the, the point across of what I was looking to do. So it's one of those things. So in chapter four, it's called Ego Unconscious Sleep Versus Your Heart Conscious Awake. And I start the chapter with two quotes that I think is very pivotal. If you've been, if you read my book already or you've been reading, you'll kind of know that I choose quotes that relate to the chapter and kind of give you what to expect kind of a thing. But, you know, Helen Keller said, the best and most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or even touched. They must be felt with the heart. Debbie Ford, as I used her in chapter three and I use her in chapter four, discusses to live in the light of a new day in an unimaginable and unpredictable future. You must become fully present to a more profound truth, not a revelation from your head, but a truth from your heart, not a truth from your ego, but a truth from the highest source. And so... As I dive into this, I really start to break down what really is ego when you let it lead your life. I want you to think that when you let ego lead your life, this is when you create more chaos in your life. This is when life becomes tougher. Life becomes more stressful. Life is pulling away from what it was naturally designed to be experienced. You know, I'm not saying that there's never hardships in life. I'm not saying that you're never going to have triumphs or tribulations. I mean, you're going to have those things. But the key thing is, is that when you lead your life by ego, this is when you're carving out the light and you're really opening the door to more darkness. And we live in a very egocentric world today. We lead things by labels, right? Just look at politics. 
You're a Democrat. I'm a Republican. Well, guess what? I don't like you. You know, it's this massive divide that we've allowed ego to do just that. Now, you think about all the labels we put on life, right? You start thinking about all the different things that we have labeled left and right. It creates divide and separateness. Ego is all about that. When you lead your mind, lead your life by your ego, you're separating yourself from the unity of humanity. You're separating, isolating yourself. And it's one of those things where, you know, the more we isolate ourselves, the more we have more anxiety and depression, the more we pull ourselves away from our source. And the more we pull away from our source, which is with ourselves, the internal part of us, the one that listens to the thoughts and creates, the, you know, has that judgment in the thoughts, it's going to be that one that is going to create more of it. And so I talk about how, you know, when it comes to ego protecting you in the book, I start talking about the purpose of ego, right? And how it's there for a protection mechanism, how it's there for to really keep you alive. It's there just to fire alerts of threats when they show up. It's your pain pleasure, right? The brain's always like, is this pain or is this pleasure? Is this pain or is this pleasure? And if it's like nothing, then it just lets it go and it doesn't even pay attention to it. But if it's pain or pleasure, it's going to make an alert. It's going to memorize it. It's going to put it in the part of the brain called the hippocampus, which is that memory start. And it's going to store it in there if it is a pain or is a pleasure so that you can remember that aspect. And so this is something that is always going to be there. But the thing is, think about life today. How much more are we focused on ego? How much more are we stimulated by fear? How much more are we always looking for Instead of what can be beautiful in life, we're looking at, oh, my God, but this can happen. Oh, my God, that can happen, right? I'll use pregnancy as an example. I didn't use this in the book, but uh, I think this, this plays a role. In today's society in America specifically, besides sick people being in hospital, who else goes to the hospitals? Pregnant women, right? They give labor, which makes no sense to me. But some may say, well, you know, all the complications that can happen during pregnancy. You don't know all these things that can happen. If we don't get the baby out at this time, we're going to have to do so. If we do this, and trust me, I, I specialize this as a chiropractor. But what if the truth came out 90% of the time, based on the research, 90% of the time, there's not going to be something that's going to show up. It's going to be, it's going to be perfectly fine. Give or take, right? And I get this research because they looked at C-sections. And they said C-sections at most are 10% necessary. But in America, we do about 35 to 36%. How much is intervention playing a role? I'm not going to get into that. But it's one of those things where when you look at this perspective, we are stimulating more and more fear, right? And then people are making decisions off that fear, which is more ego-driven, and not listening and connecting with themselves, not being in tune with themselves. And so this is where I start to share more and more in the book about that when I when I get into about everything happens for a reason, right? And some people go, well, that's just a cliche, you know, and so forth. And I said, well, listen, how do I know this to be true? Well, let's think about it. The way life works is you get the test and you figure out the lessons later, right? It's, it's not like how school, school's so backwards. And, and I'm not bashing, you might sound like I'm bashing education systems, but it really is backwards. We went against natural law, which states that when we go through life, life doesn't create all of a sudden, um, lessons along the way, then you get to take a test. Heck no, life doesn't work that way. It's the opposite. You're going to get the test and here comes the lessons. And I think that's a beautiful way of learning because from there, you get to really expose what your weaknesses are. This is the darkness, right? This is all that I'm talking about in the book. It's the darkness. 
this aspect is darkness. You're going to go take a test. You're going to find out what really you got to work on. You're going to find out what really you need to uh, figure out what are the weaknesses and points that you want to strengthen and improve on, right? That's, that's life, okay? And the beautiful thing is, how do I know it happens for a reason? Because you have to take time and effort to look back in your life, reflect, and see what was that there for. Nothing, and I mean nothing, happens for chance. Nothing happens by luck. Universe is a, the universe and the whole universal design is a grand plan that is all planned for specific reasons and sequences and specific times. And so it's pretty powerful to see how this all works in your life and everything that you do and so much more. So it's one of those concepts that, how do I know? Because I've, I've spent so much time, I spend more time in reflection trying to understand what really, why this happened in my life, what's the purpose behind it. Because from a spiritual standpoint, you get a 360-point view. You get to see all vantage points. You get to see how it all plays out and what avenue of decisions and choices you want to make. <coughs> Excuse me. But when you look at your little human perspective, right, that limited perspective that you have, so many times we, we base everything off that limited perspective instead of looking at this, try to get into the spiritual perspective of our life and seeing the grand scheme of all things. And so this is why I dive into the book. And of course, I share some stories, but can't go into that because it takes away from the beauty of the chapter and leading in. But I just talk about the spiritual level of why it's important to tap into that. The dark night of the soul can be pretty dark, but it helps bring massive light. And, and, and when you get in those moments and you sit in those moments and you really evaluate those moments for that perspective, it really allows for you to grasp deeper essence. It really brings that light more to the table. Because like Haruki Murakami said, pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. Say you're running and you think, man, this hurts. I can't take it anymore. The hurt part is an unavoidable reality, right? Hurt, pain, it's going to be there. It's coming in your life. It's never stopping. Stress is always coming. It's going to be there. But whether or not you can stand anymore is up to the runner himself. I love that statement. How much resiliency do you have? How much can you see beyond that and really expand and grow? Right? Jason Reynolds says, be not afraid of discomfort. If you can't put yourself in a situation where you're uncomfortable, then you'll never grow. You'll never change and you'll never learn. Talking about being uncomfortable is crucially important to your life. But a life driven by ego only brings more darkness because the reason why I say that is number one, in chapter three, we talked about ego edging God out. That God parts you. That, that's your light. That's your essence. That's your nature. That's your source, right? When you lead by ego, you remove the possibility of light to come in. You remove and you block what lessons are really there for you because ego thinks it knows all things. It thinks from a limited perspective. And in my first book, Rediscover Your Greatness, I actually get down to how much ego really knows compared to the vastness of information that's out there. And let me just say, the vastness of information, what the ego doesn't know, is over 99%. Again, let me repeat that. The vastness of information that's out there, that all exists in all of the universe, the ego knows less than 1%. The ego knows less than 0.000%. I mean, it's like extremely minutely small. And so, but what happens in an ego-centered life is you think you know the answers. You think you know what's best. You think you know. Deep down, how it should go, how the outcome should be, what are the expectations, and so much more. 
And I see this from a health perspective like crazy. In one of the chapters earlier in chapter two, I talked about choosing vitalism versus um, an egocentric model of the medical system, right? And I see this all the time. I can't tell you how many times, I wouldn't say all the time, but I see this in a specific amount of time. It's very high where uh, I work with an individual, a patient, and they will think at a certain time and place, they should be at a certain level, right? I've been doing this for six months. I should be here at that time frame. Okay, where experiences have you had? What, um, what, what, what gives you that reasoning why? And why do you think it's at this moment right here, right now, right? When I talk about this from a health perspective, there's not much of a difference of the ego not knowing a lot. Right. Even as myself, as a chiropractor, as a practitioner, one of the things that I know is when I work with the body, there is so much going on beyond what I can ever comprehend. That's what I love about being a chiropractor because we don't force anything. We don't think we know it all for most chiropractors. And what we do know is that the body is a self-organizing, a self-regulating system that has an intelligence that flows through it that's so magnificent. And it's doing so much at such a short period of time and handling so many different things that it knows what it needs to do for being best. It just doesn't need interference, right? Nature doesn't need help. It just doesn't need interference. The body's kind of the same way. And so utilizing those principles, I see this a lot where patients are like, well, I've been doing this and I've been in pain for two months or I've started care and now I'm getting worse because that's one of the myths of chiropractic is when you start to get care under care, um, you may, you feel worse before you feel better. And it happens a lot. But the process and the journey, we let the ego kick in, right? And we let the ego get to us. And we let the ego tell us what we should have. And what happens is you miss out. People who I work with, they miss out on the potentiality of what they could experience, right? The potentiality of if they just stay with it a little longer, how they can drastically transform their life. And this happens in business. Right? These are universal principles. This is not my own opinion just in chiropractic. How about a business, right? You start a business. You're passionate. You find a problem. You want to create a solu- you create the solution for it. You start out for six months, year. Not much happening. You're, you're slowly developing. You're starting to slowly track some momentum, right? Do you stop? No. Two years, three years, right? How long are you going to keep going? Let's say three years, you're not where you wanted to be. Well, who dictated that you had to go there without learning the lessons? It, that was me. I thought by three years, I'd be at what it took. I thought I would be at in three years in my business, what took me almost six years to get to. And I thought in three years, I would have been there. The little ego-driven mindset, a guy like myself, I, I, I started to, I had to hit walls to see how that wasn't true. And I had to surrender to a lot of things. And then once I surrendered, man, it, all of a sudden prosperity and everything that I desired started to just come and it came quick. And so it's one of those things. And that's just business. That's health. Let's go to, well, chiropractic. We can go in other aspects of health. How about fitness, right? It's the same thing. You don't stop. You keep working at it. Your journey is different than everybody else's. And that's how it is. And the ego thinks it's no, this is how it should be. If this person did it by this time frame, I should be able to do the same thing. And I'm not saying you're not supposed to, or you can't. I don't want to limit you because that's not true. You can. You can do anything you want. But understand the principle and the fabric of what I'm trying to get across here, especially what I tried to get into the chapter is, is that you have your journey that you have to go through to get there. And it's the more you accept the journey and accept the process and focus on the vision, 
the less stress you're going to have because then you're not saying when and where and how you should get there. Does that kind of make sense? And so I, I share this in the book a little bit, but I talk more about when you allow the heart to open, how you, you your ears will listen differently. And I talk about when you're in an argument and when you think you're absolutely 100% right. Can you really listen to the person, right? Can you really embrace and grasp what they're trying to portray and share to you? Can you really understand where they're coming from, their viewpoint, maybe some mental blocks they have, or maybe some things that you may not have been paying attention, right? It doesn't become an open dialogue conversation. It becomes, I'm right and you're wrong, right? It's, uh, um, oh, what's the book called? I had interviewed this individual. I forgot his book. You're right. You're, no, you're, I'm right and you're, you're wrong or you're stupid or something, but it's a great book. And he, and he talks about the polarization and specifically in politics, but it's in life too. And it's one of those things where, you know, since we live in such an ego driven world, it's, it's more of how we're creating this polarity. The more we're thinking we're right and the other person's wrong. And when you do that ego, when you lead by your ego, you create more separation and you create more illusion, Right. And that's why I say the ego is the unconscious. Ego is the one who sleeps. What I mean by sleeps is you're not really aware of all things as much as possible. And it's like some people say, well, people need to awake. You know, sometimes I'll say, wake up, humanity. And the thing is, is that you don't realize what is happening because you're trusting from a different source that's very limited. And so you're trusting into something that is so minutely small. Right. And we see that and I can go to health because that's my background. And I see it so much in that where people make decisions based upon what a doctor states, not understanding the principles of holistic, you know, holistic being in a holistic measures or um, how the body works and functions. And they make these choices off this minute amount of information and thinking this is only one way. But how many other avenues are there? And you can look at this in any arena when it comes to health, same thing in business, same thing in, in, in finance and spiritual health. You know, you can go into families and, and I can go all day with this. But the point I'm trying to make is that when, when we allow this ego to really be the main focus of our life, we're really shutting the doors to understanding others. We're really shutting the doors to truly evolving for ourselves. We really shut the doors to not allow for the beauty to come in. Because when, whenever we face something in life, I've, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've, I've either talked with people or worked with people when they come and they say, well, I don't know what career I should get into. I don't know. Or maybe I'm, this career I'm in is just not for me. And I say, okay, well, why do you feel that way? Well, it's just because, you know, and then they start complaining of people or situations or maybe not making the money they thought they were going to make. And if you've noticed, everything I said there was external factors. That's ego. Okay, labeling, pointing the finger away from you, that's ego. That's ego driven. You're looking at it from a, the wrong false sense, right? And trust me, I've been there before. I've been there with chiropractic. There was a point in my life where I'm like, man, if I'm not going to get to this level, I'm done. I'm just done. I'm, I'm, I'm going to wrap, wrap it up and go into something else. Because it was just a point where I believe that I should have been at a certain point at a certain time, and I wasn't. But what ended up happening was halfway into that process, I gave myself six months. Um, I started to realize how I was pointing at external things that had to happen, but not focusing on what really happens within. And that's where the heart comes in. That's consciousness. That's being awake. And then when I was awake and more conscious, I could start to see why I wasn't getting that and how I was the one who was the problem of all that. 
And as soon as I start to remove those blockages and really be more aware and trusting and letting go, life drastically changed massively for me. In the book, I share the Himba tribe and I share how they they show this process of the song in a very beautiful way. And I'm not going to take away from the story, but long story short, every individual has a song. Every individual has a, a, a certain song to them. And when mom is thinking of having the baby, you know, thinking about, con, you know, conceiving with, with, the, with their partner, they go sit and they go into a quiet place and they, they wait for the song to come. That's going to be the child. And then when the child's there, you know, when the mom's pregnant, then they she keeps singing that song. And then when the baby's born, the village and everybody come and they sing that song. And what it is, it's a song to remember of who they are. It helps them remember the source, the beauty of who they are, connecting them to their heart to be conscious and awake. And even if they do something wrong, right? In America, well, most, most countries, if you do something that's antisocial behavior where you create commit a crime or something, you put a, there's a label put on you, and that's ego. There's nothing wrong with, you know, there's nothing wrong to a certain degree, but I think the whole prison system is not working. And so what the Himba tribe does is they keep singing the song to the individual until the individual remembers again who they are, right? And it's amazing. The people create a circle around them and sing it until they remember the song. When they get married, when they're about to die, their song is sung. And I think it's very beautiful because two things. One it's connecting back to heart conscious. It's really remembering the true identity, who you are, and the purpose of why you're here. Number two, I think it's also very critical because we all have a tune within us, right? Everything's energy. Everything makes a sound. We know our body makes sounds. We know our body has certain frequencies of sound. Um, even planets do. And in the book I share about, go to YouTube and look up planet sounds. You're going to be freaked out by it. Some of them are a little creepy. But it's the frequencies of what we're hearing and learning that these things all make. And we're understanding which the ancients knew that sound can influence health, sound can influence uh, improvement on the body. This is why a certain song gets you into a certain mood. It's the vibrations of the song that get you in that mood. It matches to where you, what something you like. It's all energy at the end of the day. But this is something I kind of share a little bit in there, and I talk about ego and focusing and what that does to you and so much more. In the book, I'll, go, I'll dive deeper into like, Okay, so if you focus on your ego and let your ego think everything, where you're right and all that, there's only a certain amount of information you can process at a certain time with ego, which I get into the next chapter next week. I'll dive into that. But I talk about how being more in, in tune with your body, being more from an int intuition standpoint, stepping into your right brain, how it can process so much more information. So for Bruce Lipton's work in his book, The Biology Belief, he talks about how the brain can compute up to 40 million bits of information per second. 40 million bits of information per second. Imagine if you're more in tune, can you process more information and get more things that you need at a faster rate and be more in depth and have more viewpoints and perspectives? Yeah, you grasp more. This is why intuition is the leading of all things. When you're in tune with yourself, you all of a sudden have access to massive amount of information you'll never understand. You won't understand why. And you've been there. This is not some woo-woo stuff or anything along those lines. You've been there. And I know that because you've made a choice in your life some way, shape, or form. You didn't know why you were making that choice. You had no reason behind it. But you made the choice. And when you made the choice, you just knew deep down you had to make that choice for some weird reason. And then later down the road, life presented why, right? Because life throws a test and then you learn the lessons. Life, you make a choice 
and you learn why that choice showed up or why this person showed up in your life or what are the things you had to do to change. These things are all there for design. And they're all designed based on how, where you're leading yourself and where you want to go. So this is the critical part when it comes to the mind and really learning how to tap into that heart. Stop leading your mind with, with the ego. When I talked about health and patience and so forth that I experienced, I actually share a story and I'm not going to share it here, but you got to read the book. But I do share a story of my own personal health issues that I went through in 2007 and 2018 to where how much I let my ego get in the way. Because sometimes I will tell patients, I've been there. I know how you feel. Right. And some people, when you hear that, some people are like, you don't know what I'm going through. That's right. I don't. I'm not walking the same shoes you are. I'm not. And it's impossible. I'll never be able to. Because the reason why that's true is I have to go through all your experiences, your childhood, your programming, your culture influence, all that stuff to get to that level that I could see things in your eyes. It's not going to happen. But can I go through some similar things? And when it comes to like an emotion or pain, and kind of how I processed in my own way. Yeah, we can chat about that. And I share that in the book because I wanted people to realize that, you know, I'm not perfect either. And, and this is some lessons in some dark time I faced where, you know, I was looking at, I may not be able to practice anymore. And I really had that thought process in my mind. I had a coach where we were talking about that and just saying, what ifs? We got to look at some what if situations because it was eight months of pain to where I can barely walk. And, but... I share about being in tuned. And when you're awake, you see the bigger principle of everything, right? We talked about how life is only 100 to 200 feet is all you're given to see. So you have to trust something outside of it. E the ego is only seeing what it sees. The heart knows the process beyond that. And it kind of be like your inner light, your inner flashlight to guide you along the way. And so I talk about what the heart was sharing with me when I went, I went to my intuition. I went to meditate. I wanted to really understand because I was breaking down. I kept hitting walls. And there was a point where I'm like, okay, I give up. I surrender. And the moment of my surrender was the moment I started getting answers. The moment of my surrender was the moment I started to see things in a different light. And I started to say, everything's happening for a bigger reason than I can ever imagine. Right? I literally said, I'm quoting from the book here. This is all happening for a reason. Trust within that you are giving your body all that it needs. This was the message I was getting. And it kept saying, love your body and give it the love and attention it needs. Everything will happen in divine time. So what did I do? I started to sit deeper into that because I was like, okay, why is it showing up in my life? Is it just pain? Most of the time people have pain and they want to get rid of it. We'll mask it and just take a pill, right? And now, okay, that's putting you even farther into sleep because you're not going through why that's there. And so many people live like that. Or how many times you're going to do whatever you can just to get out of pain. Once the pain's gone, you're done. Again, missing the boat. Because what I did, and I share my story again, got to get the book to see the story. But I talk about when I was going through this meditative process, how I went and started reflecting. And I started wanting to understand the root of why this was showing up in my life today. And what was it here to present for me? What was the wisdom and lessons I needed to learn? And I talk about what I went through and the awareness and, and really getting the depth of information that my ego would have never comprehended. And it was very, very powerful stuff. And as I kept going through it, I kept sharing this and I kept talking about, you know, the, the comparing left versus right brain. When you focus on the right brain, I mean, it, it processes over a million times more per second than what the left brain can do. And like I said, I'll share the, the specifics on that in chapter five next week. But I talk about intuition takes time. It's a muscle. And so you keep hearing me talk about heart versus ego. And the thing is, your intuition is your, your heart. 
And it takes time to build up. It's like a muscle. You have to focus and trust it. You have to really learn how to um, build this system up because when you do, here's the beauty of when you are leading your life by intuition, because the truth is your ego wants to just make sure that everything is okay. Lead your life by your heart, but let ego, ego is going to chime in when it has to, but it's up to your intuition to say, Hey, you know what, ego, you're fine. We got this. Trust me on this. And you kind of, it's like a, a fearful child. That's your ego. And so you want to make sure that you're guiding it along the way and always giving it what it needs and give it some clarity and some communication to know that it's okay, to know it's going to be fine. Because, and I'll read this one paragraph straight from the book. To truly live to the tune and experiences of the highest level of our soul and allow for the most light to be expressed of our soul into this world, one must follow its intuition and not be controlled or programmed. Intuition is leading with your heart, guiding based on how you feel and feeling from feeling standpoint within. Once you're able to grasp from intuition and start to lead with that life, you can't be programmed. You can't be controlled. Most of the time you can't be fooled for that much. And you really start to live the life and how you want. You start to let colors back into your life and you really start to transform. And the vision I see as you know, going through this book is that this is what it will create for you. Next chapter, we dive even deeper on a different level from this, from a mindset level. And then we start to branch into different concepts of the book of how we can start building our connection back with our uh, intuition. And what are the two things, the best two tools that I know right now? There's other tools out there and I use some other ones, but for the book, I wanted to keep it so simple and so straightforward. And I wanted you to develop your own tool, right? And that's why when we get into those chapters, you're gonna hear me talk a long list of stuff, but at the end of the day, it's just, what can you do for you? So. That's all I got, guys. This is chapter four. Um, like I said, there's some stories that are missing out. But, you know, again, get the copy of the book. You can get a free copy. I'm giving a free copy away. You just have to cover shipping and handling, guys. It's pretty much just my cost to everything. And um, you can get that at empoweryourreality.com. Just click on new book, and it'll take you to the website to um, go ahead and purchase a copy. I do have it on Kindle. Also, you can get it on Amazon. $4.99. Can't beat it. Um, Kindle, get the version there. Audiobooks coming out in a couple, about three, four weeks. We're working on the audio right now. Hopefully, no glitches along the way. We should be done in three, four weeks. And um, it's on Nook, it's on Amazon for paperback. It's it's all over the place. So um, grab a copy. I highly recommend it. Then you come back and listen to these podcast episodes and uh, really go deeper in with it as you as I share some of the stuff and and give you some other things that I didn't put in the book because again. I, you know, when I wrote this book, I really wanted to be straightforward, concise and simple, and I didn't want to overdo it. So that's why there's um, you hear me in these podcasts and why I did this podcast and why I'm doing these podcast episodes on the book um, also is because you can hear some of the stuff that maybe I didn't put in there or I'm talking about something. And I'm sharing another story to go deeper into that process. So definitely get a copy of the book. Um, anything, um, as always, I appreciate you guys subscribe to the podcast. Um, throw some likes, share a review. Let me know what you think. Um, join us on Powered Living with Dr. Vic. That's my private Facebook page. And as always, keep rocking and rolling. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For past shows, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. I hope this show inspired you and added to your life to help you on the journey to rediscover who you really are. To connect with us on Facebook, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. 
Check us out on Twitter. The handle is DrVic21. Follow us on Instagram, www.instagram.com forward slash DrVicManzo. If you were inspired by the podcast, pay it forward by sharing it with someone who you know can benefit from it. Thank you again for listening to the Mindful Experiment podcast, sharing paths to help you rediscover your infinite potential. Thank you.